There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Claire Kramer, aka the Great Glorificus, and you are listening to the Buffy Back Issue Bed. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue, but the show where we go through all the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. And we're back from our month-long hiatus. Has it really just been a month? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, we pre-record, so yeah. Oh, wow. Maybe a bit longer recording-wise. And then we went on another month-long hiatus. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah, welcome back to the first month of our kind of post-everything show where we're filling in some blanks, talking some other stuff, and you know, kind of counting down to the end. Also, no new news since the last time we recorded. It's basically still the same. Okay. But the Giles miniseries has started coming out. Yeah, we're one deep into that. So, in six months, we'll have that for you. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we're going back to fill a hole to talk about after the fall for the second to last time, maybe more. We'll see. Depends on what happens. You really love after the fall. <laughs> <I> so, <laughs> dear listener, please do not actually take that as fact. At least second to last. At least. Okay. What we're doing today, written by Brian Lynch with art by Stephen Mooney. For those who don't remember, Los Angeles was sent to hell, and then they got better. For some reason in my head, I thought you were going to say, and the handbasket. No. But no. I think that was one of the lines from that John Byrne Lauren one. Might have been. Hell in a handbasket is an expression. I know, but... Oh, okay. But we're not reading something technically from After the Fall. We're reading something a little bit of the side. The joke was that everyone in Los Angeles, or at least every third person, is a screenwriter. So a bunch of people made movies about when Los Angeles went to hell. Including this movie, The Last Angel in Hell. And so then they made the comic adaptation of the movie adaptation of After the Fall. Yeah, boy. This... Hey. Oh, the cat is... Okay. The cat is attacking the book. The book came with a built-in string for a bookmark and the cat just attacked it. It's a ribbon. It. So string. Whatever. A ribbon and a string are very different. Anyway. The big joke here is that After the Fall was this whole like, grand epic, but if Hollywood got their grimy hands on it, they'd fill it with cliches and make it dumb. Which is going to make this review slash recap hilarious, because there's nothing funnier than listening to someone retell someone else's joke, but worse. Actually, we're retelling a retelling of a joke. Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> All right, anyway. So we start off with dinosaurs, as we always do. You know, to be fair, I know this this whole book is supposed to be cheesy. I'm kind of on board for this origin. Oh, it's because you like dinosaurs in every form. They're neat, but it turns They're out... They're neat? That's what you say about dinosaurs? Anyway, dinosaurs were the origin of vampires. We get narration. Los Angeles, prehistoric times BC. The war between vampire and man did not begin with man. A dinosaur lost its mate. A dinosaur cursed God in its own dinosaur way. Then it goes, But we don't actually see what that means. But all of a sudden a volcano explodes. So we learned that dinosaurs have the power of volcano. It says, um, continue with my epic voice. It wasn't, I wasn't really trying to be epic. Maybe I should. Oh, sorry. The devil heard the dinosaur's cries. The volcano spewed blood. And Satan found its first agent on Earth. And then the dinosaur turns into a vampire. It's a T-Rex that's a vampire. That's kind of cool. Yes, except... I'm on board for it. I, you were always going to be on board for it. But there's so many missing gaps. Like, how did it curse God in its own way? And why was the natural... It just yelled. It goes... Bah! Okay, but why was the natural step from the vamp... Nope, sorry. The dinosaur is angry, and so it gets turned into a vampire. Look, this is just going with weird, bad movies that start with a flashback so they don't have to try and organically fill an exposition. Anyway. That's how it goes. Tonight. Cut to the present day. We see Angel Cartwright, a cop, chasing down a perp in an alley. And who is he played by? Nick Cage. Also, I hate that his last name is Cartwright. <laughs> I think you're supposed to. I know, but I 
I hate all the things I'm supposed to hate in it. So, Nicolas Cage, best actor or worst actor, depending on, you know, minute to minute. I do think that's something that this book could have done. They could have had a lot of fun with just having the random explode. Like, we never really see Nicolas Cage go full Nicolas Cage in this book. I don't know if I've ever seen a crazy Nicolas Cage movie. All I've ever really seen is Moonstruck. That one was Cher. You know what I'm talking about. Gotta say I missed the Cher movie. You don't know that one? I guess not. Sorry. And uh, National Treasure movies. Oh boy. Yeah, Nick Cage will go from like subdued to just explode. Like swings for the fences with his choices for an actor. And I feel like both in the art and the script they could have had some fun with him just exploding randomly. But it doesn't happen. But I actually would really enjoy a movie where Nicolas Cage played david boreanaz he also has a handlebar mustache i thought it was a goatee no handlebar oh, okay there's, there's no bottom that's somehow worse on the chin of course and he's running down this alley with his partner wesley and because it's a movie made of lazy cliches they have to constantly remind the audience that they're partners yes where you have to constantly state your relationship with someone wesley my partner and they shoot this perp in the back who turns around to reveal that he's a vampire dun 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 and then the T-Rex is there for some reason in Los Angeles. Well, yeah, because, I mean, the original vampire continued to live forever. Sure, why not? But while Angel is screaming, Wesley, my partner, Wesley is killed by vampires only for Angel to awaken from a dream. And then we get... I wow, I honestly did not get that that was a dream. I thought that he just, like, that it was just part of his memory and then he just moved on. Yeah. Anyway, you're, that makes so much more sense. He awakens from a dream. That's but, also a worse cliche. But more confusing why it says that it's tonight, but it's not tonight, unless it's tonight in his dream. See, that's where I think I lost it. Anyway. The book moves on to one of the more entertaining tropes that I kind of love about this. That's easily my, I think my least favorite movie trope or laziest movie trope. Exposition? Just exposition, which I've ruined for you. Dear listener, I used to live in a happy world where I didn't analyze movies for what they were. I just watched them. And if I liked it, I liked it. And if I didn't, I didn't. And I didn't bother to figure out why because it's entertainment. And then... I like to point out lazy exposition. I'm a tough person to watch a movie with. You also like to point out when things are labeled out. We also missed that opportunity in this book. I was like, come on, you have so much product placement. At least do label out. Well, they made their own ads. They did. <laughs> yeah, so Angel is on the phone with his mother in a white suit saying that no, his partner Wesley won't be there because he was killed by the vampires and he'll never forget that and he'll swear revenge only to receive a present. Of stakes. Okay, I actually really enjoyed this. So did I, I thought it was funny. Engraved on one of the stakes, there's like this whole big thing. They took your partner, take them down. We can help you kill the vamp. And then it runs out of room on the stake. If you turn the stake around, it says, Ayers. <laughs> it's one of the better just That was one of the better gags. jokes. Yeah. But he's like, what? I don't get this. And who shows up but his lovely bride, whose name is? Sarah, played by Cameron Diaz. Really? I think it's clear in some art later on, but yeah, I think she's supposed to be Cameron Diaz. All right, so anyway, Sarah... Cameron um, Diaz. ...has this whole page, basically, of explaining everybody's backstory and what's happening and why they're in wedding clothes. And why Angel is so sad. And it is literally one full page of exposition. And they did it the full length of her dress, too. So, like, she's wearing a full length dress and then there's a full length of word bubbles that go down alongside her dress. It's kind of funny. This is eight paragraphs. Eight paragraphs of exposition. I actually had a dream about this last night. Because <laughs> I told the you exposition. about the joke. Yes. And in my dream, I was upset about it, so. Because I told you, I'm like, oh, like, they'll do stuff like this. And that was my example. And then you woke up, you're like, it's all exposition. Like just one page of being funny, but yes. And Sarah says that they can be together forever, only for her to turn into a vampire. 
Oh, wait, her whole family has been dead forever. And they left her a cigarette lighter, and that's the only thing that she has or something. Yeah. Oh. No, but that's another trope. The dead family. I guess, yeah. A.K.A. every Disney movie ever. <laughs> or superhero origin. I guess so, yeah. And we turn now the page. The same. Only to see some built-in ads. I do like that they have uh, fake ads in this book as well. I also like that they made the kid's cereal Last Angel in Heck. But whose is it? Lynch's. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Lynch's Last Angel in Heck. And then it turns your milk bloody, which just sounds horrific. It shows a kid just like blood-soaked mouth eating cereal. But back to the story at hand. But also I thought about you and how much you would have totally eaten that as a child if that were an option. I mean, we ate Lucky Charms just for the marshmallows, right? I wasn't allowed to eat Lucky Charms. Oh. Did you get Lucky Charms? Not often. Did you get sugary cereals? We got a cereal that we didn't realize was like far worse than anything until years later. It's all about crackling oat bran. By the way, nothing but sugar. Crackling oat bran <laughs> is what I used to eat in college all the time. It's nothing but sugar. It's fantastic. It's so expensive. My parents too. were like, look at these oats in this brand. That must be healthy. And then one day they're like, oh no, we never look at the <laughs> ingredients. It's all sugar. Like, that's why I like it. It's, I, I almost bought it one day in the grocery store. I was craving it so bad. And it is so expensive. It's like $5 a box. I'm like, well, I'm going to go eat not crackling oat bran. But Angel Cartwright looks at his bride-to-be, goes, but your teeth, they have little spikes on them. Huh. Who might that blonde-headed vampire be? So now Spike's a lady in this. Spike is a lady. I also like that in this movie adaptation, Spike and Angel are engaged to be married and are very clearly in love with each other. And I mean, they were already. Right. But that somehow all of the people, all of the screenwriters in Los Angeles, once it came back from the brink, they were all like, that, that's the angle we want. Spike's a lady. Angel runs away to the sound of screaming only to find that everyone in the church congregation, or I guess the wedding ceremony, has been... Killed and turned into vampires, including the T-Rex vampire who's back again. I think you should just hang out there all the time. Is that a Neanderthal vampire? Yeah. Oh, wow. And a hippie, just so we cover all of the possible time spans. What I love about the dinosaur being in the church, it's always like that King Kong problem of like, how do they get him in the ship and back to New York? And also into that theater. Like, just gloss over it so it reminds me of Kong a bit. Yes. Yeah, how would you get him through doorways? I really thought about that. King Kong versus Godzilla kind of answered at least the, the first part how do you get him on the ship that just built a big raft and tied him to it oh that makes sense. only time you ever see it that was smart anyway so nick cage slash angel is horrified and he's like put my mother down and then they're like jk we're gonna kill your mother too so they kill his mother in front of him and they kill a priest which apparently sets off los angeles turning into hell Yep, because there's like some sort of a percentage of people versus vampires that if it tips too much toward the vampire scale, Satan can come out. And they pull Spike away laughing and Nicolas Cage is like, Los Angeles, my city, and you know, everything blows up. And then he's like, it's such an ironic name. Well, he the also city of angels. does that thing like if no one's around, I guess I'll just talk out loud. Like in a comic, you could do thought balloons or caption boxes just for the internal monologue. But in a movie, it just has to be, I can't believe it. Vampires exist and I didn't stop them. My fiance is one of them. My mom is dead. And the town I grew up in, City of Angels, name's officially ironic. Yes. So two months later, Angel's still alive and with a gun, which is good. Yeah. And he's picked a friend, George. George the puppy! He's a German shepherd and he's the best part about this whole thing. I, I know, you were more on board for this George than the flying fish. I'm on board for the fish. I have nothing against flying fish. Who also shows up in here? Yeah, in his own way. No, no, no. I like, know, as he's R2. He's serving drinks. Yeah. Yeah, Jedi style. I don't know what that means. Then we get some voiceover narration. Now. Yeah. 
and it's we find out that Lorne has become over Lorne, and he now rules over all of the demons that have taken over Los Angeles. And I just like that he calls himself over Lorne. I actually enjoyed that part too. And they made him a little more aggressive, like... The green is a little bit darker, the horns are longer. Teeth are pointy, yeah, but instead of just like the little nub horns he has, these are like full-blown, like, demonic, like, ram hell horns. I guess not ram, but whatever. Big old goat. And as we see Angel walking around with his dog, George, which reminds me of that Will Smith movie that wasn't very good. Forget what it is now. The one that was like, I, Robot or something? No, that was a bad movie, too. Uh, the one that was like... The one that was the Omega Man, but updated. Like the last man on Earth kind of thing? Yeah. You know the one. It was bad. It was 2008. I don't know. I didn't watch it. I was talking to the audience. Oh. You remember that bad movie from a decade ago? I think that's ripping on that. But we find out that Angel is being watched by somebody. Two somebodies. And the idea that it's Angel, for sure, and he's heading to the Devil Meat Palace, a place that is still delicious, even in hell. Products placement! Also, the fact that they call him Angel Cartwright at every opportunity in this book. Like, I understand it's meant to annoy me, and it does. Good job, book. Angel sees a happy couple because the line at the Double Meat Palace is massive. I'm also still not quite sure how they got away with using Double Meat Palace, because I would have thought that would, for IP, fall under the Buffy side of things. Who knows? But I don't normally think about intellectual property rights quite like you do, so there you go. But Angel Cartwright sees a happy couple in front of him, and that gives him memories of... Him and Spike. (laughs) Yeah, him and Sarah. And Spike's in a bikini. (laughs) And then... He starts crying. Shot of black. No, no, not just black, but rolls a single sexy tear, which, you know, for this whole series, for Buffy and Angel, can't even count as parody. They do it all the time. The single tear? The single tear happens so much. Who has ever cried a single tear? No one. I know they do it in movies all the time, but they've also done it in these books a ton, too. So it doesn't really count as parody. Not necessarily after the fall, I don't really remember, to be honest, off the top of my head. I don't have a single sexy tear counter, although I should. (laughs) We're starting the show over all about the tears. And then there's another piece of product placement for Double Meat Palace. Well, there's a full ad for Double Meat Palace in the middle, like a Happy Toy, Happy Meal Toy, whatever you call them. Hungry for action, hungry for blood, or just plain hungry? I thought they were going to say hangry for a minute. That's going to be like, me. (laughs) And we just see the Happy Meal Toy that has all of the figures that you can collect, including a knight in shining armor. We never see him. What's his role in this? I don't know, but I like that George is there. The puppy. George the puppy. So we find out that over 5 billion customers have been served by the Double Meat Palace. And Angel Cartwright approaches the counter to order one delicious meal, only to be approached by demons who say that they're gonna eat all the humans, because that's the rules of Overlorn. And the Double Meat Palace girl is like, we just have to let them do it sometimes. And Angel's like, not on my watch. Oh no, he says something much lamer, which is intended to be lame. He looks back, has a quick flash of the church in his brain of all of those dead people. He walks away, talking to the girl behind him, never turning his head. You gotta do one thing. Change the sign outside, because three more are about to get served. Pulls out two pistols! Okay, just so we're clear, dear listener, so you can see this in your head. There, this is in like two separate panels. So I read that first part. You, you just gotta do one thing. Change the sign outside. And then I stared at the sign, and then I went back to that speech bubble like four times before I kept going on, because I didn't realize that the joke continued to the next panel. <laughs> And then when I got there, I was like, I feel dumber. (laughs) Angel fires a flurry of bullets at these demons, only for it to do nothing. And they're attacked by George. And and I love, this is an annoying movie trope too. Like you see people, especially like in, I don't know, like action movies, like people will get shot and like won't slow them down. But then they start throwing punches. The thing that's much weaker than a bullet and they start reacting like, oh, I've been struck. (laughs) Maybe they're just (laughs) offended. Maybe that's what it is. Did you ever think about that? (laughs) That's a terrible voice. Ah! (laughs) 
You scared the dog with it, actually. <laughs> and Overlord comes out of nowhere. He's just like, aha, you get to kill this human. But also Overlord is still dressed far more <laughs> flamboyantly than anybody else in this universe. Oh, yeah. And Angel Cartwright gives a speech very similar to the one that Angel gave. And after the fall, he's like, hey, all this is my fault. I'm going to make up for it. Let's go fight things now. And then all of a sudden, who shows up? But Gun and Fred. Fred is still a girl. Gun is still a boy. They look very different. Yeah. Uh, Fred is black now. And Gun is played by... I'll get there. Jorge Garcia. There we go. That's the person? Yeah. He was Hurley on Lost. Oh. I don't know what else he's done since then. I still haven't seen that. Nah. I never will. Nah. Okay. I'm just glad we're all on the same page. You don't like watching anything where people die. Literally every character in that show dies. No one makes it out. You know what shows I like? Parks I, and Rec. I guess spoilers for Lost? <laughs> they they <laughs> all die. <laughs> and it's a weird purgatory at the end. I didn't know that much. That's right out of Dark Tower. I also really like Boy Meets World. <laughs> and Gun and Fred attack. Fred is wearing some kind of combat suit called Illyria. Industrial level low yield reactive integrated armor. They did a really good job of making Illyria into an acronym because those are some really random letters. It is. They repeat a lot too, so it's not like... It's like the SHIELD acronym. I mean, that acronym has changed about 17 times, but yeah, just stretching to try and make a thing sound like a thing. Yes. And Gunn has... Does he have bandoliers on at this point? Yeah, he has bandoliers. He has an anchor tattoo on his arm. Why not? Why not? The day is one. Gun gives some quick exposition. He's like, I can turn into a dragon, but I never will. Yeah, so... And is like, I need the suit to power my magic. Which is, they've never met Angel before. And they mentioned that they're going to go after the devil. And the way to get to the devil is to go through his girlfriend. But we don't bother to find out who his girlfriend is. And Angel they... just walks away and says, I'm a loner. And yeah, just walks away. And they're like, he'll come back to us later when he finds out who it is. You'll never guess. I bet it's some girl we've never met. Mm. <laughs> we have some random Bond imagery of Angel breaking in to Satan's charity ball. Yep. He's wearing a suit, so... He's not we, wearing a suit. He's I wearing mean, he's wearing tux. tux. We get to check the... He has some high-tech gadgets, so we're just ripping off Bond. Yeah. Again, I don't think this book but is But not well. Like, let's be, <laughs> yeah. let's be super clear. I think it's supposed to be blatant. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's the joke. And this is where Beta George comes back as... A fish. A flying fish who's serving drinks on top of his head, a la R2. D2? Jedi style. And then we get a joke, and I'm not quite sure who it is. Since this is a movie adaptation comic. <laughs> it's an adaptation of an adaptation yeah. of an adaptation. There's a sticky note that reads, The band featured in The Last Angel in Hell is world-renowned and multi-platinum, but would not give IDW the rights to their image. Word on the internet is the band in question had a deal with a rival comic book company. So, neat. Be on the lookout for the adventures of the band who thinks they're great, but they're not. Coming soon to comic shop discount bins everywhere. No idea who this is supposed to be. I was going to say, the only band that you've ever told me about is Kiss that had their own comic, but I'm sure that more did. This is supposed to be like Gem and the Holograms or the Archies? I don't know. I've never heard of either of those bands. No idea. Sorry, I, I don't get it, but hey, sorry. Angel is walking around the party trying to figure out who the devil's girlfriend is. When a security guard approaches him, he grabs a random woman. Um, who, is, who actually has spikes on her, which is funny. Yeah, that was the girl who could suck out all of the... I'm blanking on the name. Oh, yeah, that's right. Could suck out all of their, like, soul. I'm not looking no. it up. I forget her name. I remember what she could do. Not Nun? You Nan? close. Yes, something oh, like that. Nanners. Damn it. Yeah, Nanners. <laughs> Bringing it back one last time. Is it not just at the beginning of this book? No. Oh, that would have been Possibly. too easy. Yes. <laughs> Non, I was right. N-O-N. 
Non. Got there. It looks like Non, that girl who could suck out your life force and also give it to heal gun. Yeah. And Angel Cartwright makes out with her only to take her away and quickly have sex with her. For three minutes. <laughs> three <laughs> Very minutes. specifically. Yes. Those three minutes were a mistake. Yeah, he, he feels bad, but not that bad. Only to walk out to the party to find Sarah. And Satan. Yeah, because it turns out Sarah is the devil's girlfriend. What? I had no idea. Yeah, act surprised. That Spike is dancing with the devil, quite literally? In the Pale Moonlight. Is that a movie? Song? Movie. Oh, is it? Batman. Do we only speak in single, <laughs> well, single words now? Okay, fine. It's from Batman 1989, directed by Tim Burton, starring Michael Keaton. That's what I was born. Should I continue? <laughs> it's the thing that young Joker says, and old Joker. It doesn't make any sense, but he says it, and that's how Batman knows that it's the Joker that killed his parents. Okay. Angel makes his presence known that he's going to try and kill the devil. And Sarah slash Spike tackles him out of the building, tears her clothes oh so tastefully. I wouldn't call that tasteful. She tears them terribly. The skirt is gone from her long black dress. Yeah, but you can only see a butt cheek. Yeah. One cheek. And she throws Angel off a cliff. Did you mention that part? Yeah. She says, stay away. If you come back, I'll kill you myself. And yet, Angel and George are fine. Yeah. Angel's a little beat up. George looks great. Because not going to hurt the puppy. No one should hurt puppies. Can someone let me know if we can watch Isle of Dog? We can't watch anything if the dog dies, but I'm interested in that movie. Oh, I can't watch that movie. Do you think a dog dies? I am positive that a dog dies. Someone let me know. Email me. It's dogs get moved to an <laughs> island of trash. One of the dogs is going to die probably somewhere in Act 2. Look, I'm trying to vet the movie now, so I don't trap myself. I appreciate it, but I actually need, like... A character-by-character breakdown of what happens to each dog (laughs) before I'm going to believe that the dogs are okay. I could also go to that website I found for you, doesthedogdie.com. Did they do movies or just books? All entertainment, but it's not like a phone list. We'll look. It should be on there. Whatever. Anyway, Angel and George go find uh, Fred and Gunn, and he says, you know, let's all be a team together. Who's in? And And they're all like, what? Mr. Loner wants to join our team. And they all like put one hand on top of another. And then George puts his paw on top of all of the hands. It says woof. And they all have a good laugh because I guess George made a joke. He's a puppy. He's the best part of this whole <laughs> thing. So we find out that Sarah is with the devil. And the devil doesn't quite trust Sarah. Although really, does the devil trust anybody? The devil doesn't quite trust Sarah's intentions. She's like, look, I threw Angel off a cliff. I care nothing for him. And he's crying. He's like, I have trust issues. And we cut back to our main team of Angel, Gunn, and Fred. And I do love this. This is like right out of uh, Batman and Robin. And a few other properties as well. But just switching things up like costumes so you can get more action figures out of it. Mm-hmm. So we find out that when the devil's depressed, well, they, it snows in Los Angeles. They even call them their variant white snow outfits. Yes. Love I, it. I love it. I knew you would love that part. I think it's funny. And they go and they hang over Lauren off a building to get information out of him. And it works because it's a movie and he was like, I'll tell you everything I know. Yeah. We're putting all the humans together in L.A. The devil sends some helicopters in. They blow up the buildings. Everyone survives somehow. I'm not even really sure how they survived because... Action movie. They all think that Angel is dead. Also, nobody seems to care about Gun or Fred, but they seem far more dangerous than Angel. Angel falls down into the snow and he gets up. He's like, huh, Angel made a snow angel in the city of angels. It's the little things. I love it. I love the lazy screenwriting of uh, Tell Don't Show. Like, it's already on there, but just in case anyone missed it. We're gonna tell it to you again. They all go to attack the devil who is gaining all of his powers. 
By sucking the souls out of all of the people that are around. But Angel and company are in good spirits. <laughs> they're like, we think that he's saving us for last, but we'll never know. And then there's a little asterisk. They're like, editors know. Hey. But they would know if they read Last Angel in Hell, prequel, Divine Immunity. This is also not the series that should be making fun of long titles. Last Angel in Hell, First Night. Wait, shit. After the Angel After the Fall, First Night. <laughs> there we go. Got there. Yeah. I was actually reading these, and I was really confused for a second. I was like, wait, is that a real thing? Like, No, that's... Cause movies, I thought they were making fun of it, but on the other hand, I was like, oh no. Look, there's also, very rarely will I make broad generalizations, almost every single movie tie-in comic is crap. Yeah, I can believe that. And abused. Well, yeah, I mean, every novelization of a movie... Has there ever been a good novelization of a movie? It's basically the same idea. Yeah. But the devil rises up above the city, now, you know, Godzilla-sized, saying that he has the power... And they're about to go into battle, and these pages might look familiar because we saw them when Angel was watching uh, early cut of the movie. Oh, yeah. We've seen these before. Oh, yeah, and, and that's when he found out that Spike was a girl. Yeah, and definitely Cameron Diaz. Yes, it totally is now. Yeah, so these pages we've seen before. Um, this was originally used when Angel went to Comic-Con. Yes. And we saw this gag, and this gag was turned into a full-length book. I'm not quite sure why. Like, I don't know if it was just, like, Brian Lynch was like, hey, let's do this. This would be funny. Or if there was a big demand for it. I have no idea. I don't know why it exists. I wonder if it was, like, if it was, like, they were just having fun in the studio, and they were like, you know, it would be funny if we just made this. And then, I don't know, weirder things have happened. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. It's fine. It's an enjoyable little romp. Yeah, I mean... It's clever. It's not so long that that you feel like you're beating a dead horse. No, we get a little more after the fall. Yeah. Angel's about to go fight the devil one-on-one, -on -one only to be confronted by Spike with, you know, lines that we've covered before, but I'll do, they go, do them again with Spike going, I may be a vampire, but you're the one who sucks. And then Angel says, good one. And then, because I think Angel's going to go sacrifice himself, they make out, and Hurley goes, whoa, is it... Hurley? The character's name from Lost. Okay. Also known as Gun in this version. He goes, whoa, is hell hot in here or is it just them? Oh my gosh. Woo! And then we see, oh, we found out earlier, we forgot to mention this, yeah. that the only way to kill the devil is through this little tiny knife that the devil keeps with him at all times. But when they make out, Spike slips a little tiny knife into Angel's pocket. That he then just pulls out and looks at. So subtle. So why was it, why did we secretly <laughs> slip it into his pocket? I don't know. Also, Angel was like, Spike is slipping something into my pocket. Like literally, there's no there's no secret about this. And then Gun goes, "Quick, Angel, get on my back," because he's a dragon now. Because he overcame his fears of being a dragon. Yeah, because he killed a kid one time with his wingspan. <laughs> That's awful. Anyway. So they fly into battle and Everyone. gun the dragon, Sarah included. And Fred, who was using this hyper-powered suit to control her guns, and Angel, saying probably my least favorite cliche in the world, but it's funny when it's being used here. You don't need <clears throat> you don't need the guns, Fred. The magic was in you all along. You do hate that. I really hate it when the magic was in you all along. But it's kind of fun to say. I guess. The magic was in you all along. And George was riding on the dragon too. Okay, that's kind of how Thor functioned. The magic was in him all along. I also said I don't like that. Well, I can't help that. <clears throat> Love the movie. Don't like that aspect. Where did you want the magic to be? In the hammer. It was inside him. <laughs> okay. He was the god of thunder, not the god of hammers. <laughs> I actually enjoyed that line. <laughs> yeah, that was a good line. And then... Angel stabs the devil in the heart. He says, for Los Angeles, for love. And they fly away as the devil explodes in a great big fiery explosion. And a la Hollywood, Angel and Spike don't even look at the big fiery ball behind them. They just 
keep flying in the distance. Who knows where Fred is? Probably there. Probably fine. Guess just watching them make out. Anyway, so we cut back and everybody's fine again. And they're all like, look, I regenerated. Wasn't that weird when we were all under control of the devil? And we find out. The team is all together because they're a team now. And Spike is pregnant with Angel's baby and they want to name it Connor. Which then begged the question, is Spike still a vampire? Did it matter for Darla? Should have. But George is still there. Yeah, George the dog. he's still a good boy. And then it turns out Wesley is a ghost now. Kind of like Jacob Marley. Yeah, with the chains and everything. And he's like, sorry to bother you, Angel, but Wolfram and Hart are coming. Watch out. Look, I'm going to nitpick this. Wasn't the idea of After the Fall that after that, no one remembered Wolfram and Hart? Yes, but... So how did the screenwriter... Oh, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, yeah, continuity problems within the adaptation of the adaptation. You know what? Found one. I think you are taking this further than it was meant to be taken. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Wesley says that they can't stop Wolfram and Hart, and Angel goes, Maybe I can't, but we can. Let's go the f*** to work. And they all pose, and Spike's definitely still a vampire. And pregnant. Yeah. It looks really awkward to pose (laughs) the way that she's posing while pregnant. It just looks really uncomfortable. Last Angel Hell cuts to black. But we get one last advertisement for Angel action figures from Renner instead of Kenner. Something that I kind of like about these little um, cutaway things, the writer Brian Lynch is a one-time director of a movie that was never released. I'm not saying I've seen this movie or not. I don't know what movie this is. It's, You're being coy. Uh, look, I've seen it on the internet. I knew what you meant. I just don't it's, know what It's good. Is. I like it. It's called A Big Helium Dog, and it's mostly a series of just like cutaway gags. Oh. And kind of doing those ads reminded me of that style. Oh, yeah. I liked the ads a lot. I thought that they... I thought that they added a touch of whimsy to the whole thing. Yeah, this thing is... This thing is very fun. It's They did a really good job with it, making it so that each cliche was given its due, but that nothing was beaten to death so much that you're like, all right, I'm all done. So the exposition page was super exposition-y, but after that, they don't really like... They don't beat you over the head like that again. Yeah, exactly. And the <laughs> same thing with, you know, there's 70,000 little one-shot cliches. Yeah, they're all fun. But they're all this, they're all different. So it's not like... No, stylistic, it did kind of remind me of his movie. I would believe that. I mean... We're calling this episode Big Helium Angel. Okay. Also, can that movie get released? It's really good. And the only print on the internet is... Mm, What's it called? Big Helium Dog. Does the dog die? Uh, there's no dog in it. Oh. Or there might be for like a scene or something. It's mostly just gags. I lost interest <laughs> when you took away the dog. It's a, kind of a dark movie. Like with the gags, like one of my favorite, early on, it's like they're on a movie set for Big Helium Dog and this kid comes by who has cancer and then it turns out the next day that it's cleared him up. So like, oh my God, this movie cures cancer. So they take a bunch of um, old people with cancer to a movie theater to see it. And they're like, turns out the movie doesn't cure cancer. Three of them died in the theater. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a dark movie. Wow. <laughs> I thought that gag was great. It's like what it opens with. Wow. Well, this comic is not dark like that. <laughs> or this the guy comic who thinks is... the stripper really likes him. This comic is, if you could imagine, Nicolas Cage. As Angel. As Angel, who's not a vampire. It took me forever to realize that Angel was not a vampire. And yeah, that adaptation, that Like at least five pages in. And I was like, why is he not just vampiring? Why is he so upset about everybody else being a vampire? <laughs> we didn't cover this originally because it kind of would break up the flow of what we were doing. But I'm glad we got to go back to it because it's, it's fun. Tangentially related, not part of the main anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, the edition we're reading it out of was the hardcovers that IDW originally put out. Volume 6. You know, the way we like to read them. Volumes 1, 2, 3, 4, 6. I've seen Volume 5 for sale somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> the second they told me that didn't count anymore, I'm like, thank God. Gone. Yeah. But it's very fun. <laughs> Used for sale in my store. Still sitting there. Such a popular book. <laughs> yeah. But Too this much. was fun. 
Yeah, it's worth checking out. Bitter about that? She's muttering about two and a half years later. <laughs> Still for sale. No one cares. Um, Someone picked it up once. Did they? Was it you? No. <laughs> I'm never going back. But it was very fun, so... Yeah, it's worth reading. Like, it's not required reading for any of this stuff, but it's just nice little fine. Just so we're clear, none of this is required reading. This is all... I say it is. Okay, great. But if you're doing the Buffy and Angel stuff, this one isn't necessary for canon, but it's fun. And it's also fun to try to explain to people. Like, so what happens is like, well, and then there was this movie where Nicolas Cage and Cameron Diaz played Angel and Spike. I have enjoyed explaining this comic to people multiple times. Yeah, it's clever. They took some time on a gag and they did it well enough that it it's worth it. Worth reading. I approve. Sounds it, good. Yeah, and I guess this be one of the last times we talk about after the fall. If we're lucky, we can get Brian Lynch on the show, but we'll see. That'd be awesome. Yeah, we'll try. Sounds good. Again. At least we're a little bitter. I'm not, I'm not bitter at all. No, I know. <laughs> I asked him once. He said yes. And I was like, sure, when do you want to do it? And then I didn't hear back. I'm like, I don't want to pester him. I know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the pestering type. Man. To be fair, we're busy people too. Yeah. Just not important. So like. <laughs> I'm not going to be like, he ghosted me. I just don't want to pester. My <laughs> SAT tutoring is that <laughs> night. So. <laughs> So I'm going to have to postpone. We'll see. Um, It'd be fun, though. It's more after the fall. Still love this series. Glad we get to touch on it a little bit more. Uh, we'll be back next month for... I haven't decided yet. Something else related to this world. Yeah, until we count down, until we can do the Giles series. We'll do some other stuff, and then we'll finish Buffy. Your face just fell. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll be fine. I'll live. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next month for more things. I guess it's time to plug. We haven't done this in a while. All right. Where can you find us? I guess I should do a real one because usually I'm just like, look, just go to the website. Editorsnotecomics.com on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you want to email us, let us know if a dog dies in the aisle of a dog. Please do, actually. Editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. If there's something you want to see us kind of finish off for the show, uh, do that. If you could share the show, like... I was looking at our numbers in iTunes, and boy, like, not releasing an episode for a couple of weeks, it was just like, Woo. Well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But if you could let people know about the show, that'd be cool. They can go back and listen to a backlog. Yeah. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe, because we're not done yet. If you want to get the show a week early, every single month now, because I can't say week, because we're still going to be doing that, uh, Buck a Month will get you the show a week early, until the end of time, or more likely, closer to the end of this year. But it'll also get you your other show a day early. The Editor's Note Comics Podcast. Want to listen to that. A pop culture news and review show. With Jared instead of me. Yeah, that's about it. We'll be back next time for more Buffy and Angel, or maybe not, maybe something different. But within this realm. Bye. What a week ending. All right. (laughs) (laughs) See you then.